like scary stories If you like tasty beers Open up your mouth holes And open up your ears For... Oh God, I didn't plan a cold open. I just started talking. Yeah, and just I said, right shut now. up. You said, shut up, and all of a sudden we were here. <laughs> pressure, pressure, pressure. Say something funny. Okay. Amuse um, us. Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. Why? Because of farts. That's Toots. It. That's it. Ah. Oh, two chickens. We've two done it again. Two chickens were the best. That's what I got. That's, That's what good. I got. Well, Solid. I mean, it was better than talking about taxes in the government. That's true. That's what we were just talking about was taxes, which doesn't, I think, interest any of you. No. Certainly doesn't interest our international listeners. No. They're like, I don't I don't. Hey, welcome to U.S. Tax Code, uh, the podcast. I am your host, Gregory Schmegman. Uh, this week, we're going to be discussing itemization uh, of all of your uh, Is it Schmegman with your dad, too? Greg, or is it just you? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm William Dick Cheese. Technically, he's Gregory Smegman the, thir- <laughs> uh, the junior. I'm Gregory Smegman the third, or as oh. I was known around the house, the, the turd. turd. Uh, anyway. Trip. We just called him Trip. trip. Yep. Uh, I so wish you were called Trip instead of the turd, Bob. I, I was turd. not. I was just. I don't know. I was just. You're my turd. Him. Yep. I was like, do they actually? Does your family actually call you the turd? That's no. terrible. No, and no, that's what we call. No, him, no, my my dad didn't want to name me the third because there was a family member of his that was called the turd, and he was worried. Oh, he had PTSD about it. Yeah, he but, had PTSD about the other family. But you are the turdsd. Yeah, I am. But you are the third. I am. I sound very fancy in paperwork. Robert James called the third. Very fancy. You are very so fancy. fancy. You fancy. don't even know. You don't. You're even in know. the fast lane. From yep. New York to Tokyo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I fucking get out of my house. <laughs> I like how neither of you got it until Tokyo. Yep. It took you a long time. Yeah. I've had my fucking Tokyo drift. Um I've first had First things first, I'm the realist. I've had multiple beers. <laughs> yep. Today. I I'm I'm getting at it. I'm like, fuck this. Today is like my last day of vacation. I'm gonna go to work maybe Tuesday feeling like shit. Yeah, I uh I had thoughts to get after it yesterday and I had one and I just was like, I fucking can't. No. I fucking can't. I was ate food and I was so full yeah. and I was like, no more room for a beer. Because normally I'm like, it fills in the crevices. I was it does. Give more. <laughs> I was so I was like, I fucking can't, I'm so full. So that's your day today. Um. So today, yeah, I'll fucking get at it, We're man. We're gonna get at it. Fucking get at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this no. beer is not. A, I mean, four point nine. It ain't nothing. No, the beers in today's episodes are not get at it beers, but they're like they'll they'll top you off. Yeah. <sighs> nice and they'll good. just fill up the, the glass all the way to the top, and you have a sip. That's yeah. topping off. Uh, I got the terminology. Thank you for that. Wow. Yep. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, baby. <laughs> Anytime. Um, I know words. <laughs> and terms and i can define them <laughs> we know words too do you know what our favorite word is what is it it's hi <laughs> welcome to the booze and booze podcast we are on podcast where we tell each other ghost stories drink thematically appropriate beer um and make and fun of engineer bob for yeah some bullshittery coming out of his fucking mouth i know words <laughs> that's right i was about to I say i know words this uh yeah so this week um we are again return to ghosts we return to we're back, back to ghost we're town back and in, we, back in the ghost time groove and we return to bob and uh engineer engineer moms yeah that's what i was that's about to say. that's good that's good 
consummate professional. I am the smartest. Uh, and if you're Bob and Podcast Moms, you look uh, good, smell great. Yeah, I I smell amazing. Shower today. Um, no, we return to our vacation. Because this week we're doing Haunted New York. New York. Quote, whatever that means to you. Concrete jungle where trees don't grow. I don't know. I don't know. I saw trees. I saw a lot of trees. Saw a lot of trees. You know what else I saw? I saw a lot of wind. They should have called New York the Windy City. On account of all the wind. You saw a lot of wind. Yeah, I saw it. It rustled through the trees. It Blasted my jean jacket back. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was like a SEAL video. It was incredible. Um, yeah. We, I was kissed by a rose on a grin. Mm-hmm. We took all the public transport while we were in New York. It's good, as you should do. It made me angry at the city of Los Angeles. For our inability it's, to get anything working I here. mean, it's really, even in, you guys were in Boston as well, even the Boston, even Boston metro yeah. is significantly better than ours. Yeah. Like, New York, we're like, oh, we need to go blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, you can get pretty much anywhere within a half an hour here. For two bucks. Yeah, for two seventy five, you can get anywhere in a half an hour. Here, it's like, fuck you. Yeah, it's seven dollars, and you won't get there. It's seven dollars, you won't get there, and you might be raped on the way. Yeah, well, I've had multiple people tell me, like trying to ride the metro at night, being like, "You should not do this by yourself." I, no, Bob won't let me ride the metro in L.A. at night. Like, even if it's just a thing and back. Like, yeah. if it's after six, yeah, nope. I said just wouldn't do it. Yeah, wouldn't do it. the sun is down. It's it's not. It's not that safe not for safe. women here. Yeah. Whereas in when I lived in New York, I rode the fucking metro as a child. Yeah, as a teenager, but, but still a child. child all the time by myself yep and was totally fucking fine yeah well, everybody the, that we came across on the metro was just minding their own or not the metro the subway was just minding their own business yeah and, and uh, at most of the subway stops there were heavily armed members of the nypd that and riot gear true. and large rifles yep. so, yeah they're fucking the, about the it yeah the AR, subway rats are getting out of control they want you to know that you're safe yeah and not to fuck around we walked in one stop and there was just like four guards with like ar-50 and i'm like why don't is this it's like i was like is this necessary? i was a little bit i was like okay i feel safe is this necessary is this yeah. necessary there's a bunch of drunk southern tourists this is yeah. all I see. I'm going yeah. go to TJ Friday. Yeah, no, but Union Squire. You getting off a Union Squire? No, it was. Are you getting off at Grand Central? We had a Grand bunch of those. Central. Grand Central. Yeah. Bass or Pro Shop hat on. Square. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for Grand Central. Although the Disney store is open very late at night in Times Square. That is true. Good to know. You can go uh, there very late. Did at night. not know that. I was tempted, did not purchase a Minnie Mouse. Dressed as the Statue of Liberty. And I was oh, like, that's cute. That's adorable. Oh, look, my can is a Statue of Liberty on it. Yeah, it does. Oh, I, that's a really good tie. I bet that's my tie in. Oh, oh my God, that's it. Because I had a lot of trouble finding a beer this week. Oh, no. Um, speaking of my tie in. Uh, Are you going to tell us a story? Did you know uh, Fancy Tuna is about to tell us the fancy story? I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I'm excited to hear the story. So here's the thing, guys. New a little York background. A s- little dive into Fancy Tuna's brain. Uh-oh. You don't want to be in there was long. Like, it's hot and sticky. Um, but so moist. here's the thing. It's I wanted moist. to do this story for a long time because it's a cool fucking place. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I almost told you guys to go when you were in New York, but I think it's one of those things that it's probably in like the top 20. Like, I don't think you go if you're only there for a couple days. Okay. Um, But it's a cool fucking place. And it's also haunted. It has this great ghost story associated with Whoa. it. And it has this like crazy villain that should've, you can like get behind. And I was just like, yeah, I'm fucking about it. And then I me. started looking into it more. And I was like, 
this story is some bullshit. Oh no! And oh. then I started getting so mad. Nah. I started getting so mad. It's like a modern day feminist oh. just being like, "This poor woman oh, was just no. trying to live her life, and you dicks! History has just made you into a villain for no reason." Oh no! Uh, so then my story became different. So. Well, I'm excited. Hashtag There's no feminism. Yeah. So my story has a lot of of me, and it's not even so much like being mad at men. It's just being mad at how history treats women. Gotcha. Sure. Uh, so there's a lot of hashtag feminism in my story. So if you're not here for that, one, why are you why listening are to you? our show? It at seems all? like the wrong show for yeah. you. And two, you should definitely not listen to my story. Skip ahead to podcast mom's story. It's probably less grumpy. Yeah, um, 100% less grumpy. I'm ready to get grumped on. Oh, hey, right. Engineer Bob here, getting ready to get shit on. Let's <laughs> do it. You know what, man, I, Bob? As oh, I, shut up. Man. You as, speak when I speak to you. <laughs> as I promised, it is less depressing than my last story. Hey! So. Yay. And ghosts. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about the Morris Jumel Mansion. Okay. Um, which is, uh, it's, it's a well-known, it's a tourist site in the city of Manhattan. Uh, uh, Heard of it? Yeah. Um, it's called the oldest house in Manhattan because it is the longest like standing residence within Manhattan. Oh, wow. Um, so the house was originally built in 1765. Oh, shit. That oldest is oldest. That is oldest. That's very old. Yes. It was built by a man named Mr. Roger Morris. He was British. Roger Moore. It was the uh, British man. Um, and he built it as a gift for his wife, who was an American woman. Um, and it was supposed to be their summer home. And they called it Mount Morris because it's on a, a, a hill. So it's up in like, um, it's, in, it's in Manhattan, obviously, but it's up way at the top of it. Like, it's like Northern Harlem, Washington Heights area. Okay. Sort of, you know, it's right by Yankee Stadium. Oh, so that's, oh, that's in the Bronx. It's it's like right across the river from it. Still technically Harlem. Still okay. technically okay. Manhattan. Okay. That's why it's the oldest house in Manhattan. I think it's technically Washington Heights, the neighborhood okay. that it's in. But anyway, that's where it is. No, we know. Karen, you live in New York. There you go. Geography lesson. Um, and it's called. They called it Mount Morris because it's actually the highest peak in Manhattan. So when the house was built, it actually had lovely views. It's right along the Hudson, so you could see out. Yeah. And that was because see. it was the, the burial ground of the Morrises. And they <laughs> made a mountain Morris. out of them. A mountain of them. Yeah. Well, because Mr. Made Roger, a mountain out of a Morris. Mr. Roger Morris built it, that's why. Oh, okay. Um, but sure. he, and so you could, you used to be able to see all the way down through the rest of Manhattan. Now, obviously, you can't because Buildings. buildings yeah they made a lot of them there's um, a lot of skyscrapers but it used to have a lots of lovely views and it is like on a, bi- a little bit of a hill it's, i wouldn't call it a mount but it's a little look, bit of a look, hill look, look when you live in manhattan on yeah. manhattan you take what you it's can it's a get. little yeah. bit of a hill it's pretty flat um so mostly the, flat according to google so mr and mrs morris lived there for 10 years and then let's do some math 1765 went to 1775 let's guess what happened I'm going to say that was, Warren. I'm yeah. going to say we, we said no to uh, the British people. We've had yeah. enough of these taxes on our tea. Yeah. yeah. Fucking dicks. Yeah. Get out. Um, so obviously the Morrises were British loyalists oh. because Mr. Morris was actually British. Sure. Um, so they were a little bit on the wrong side of history on that one. So when the Did fighting, they go to Canada so at the end? When the fighting started, Mr. Morris enlisted was in the fighting and then Mrs. Morris left and went to another location because it was she was Smart. like, I don't want to be in the fucking thick of it. I'm get I'm getting out of Dodge. But I've heard quite thing, a bit like, about this lovely general named Charles Corncob. He's going to re- <laughs> he's I going forgot, to really I forgot all about Charles Corncob. He's really going to turn the tide of the battle for the British. No, that's no. me. <laughs> I'm Charles Corncob. I'm Charles Corncob, and I'm ready to 
defeat America. Um. Anyway, so they abandoned. I'm ready to feed America. No, defeat it. Oh, I heard you. You all American ears no, can't no. hear my enunciation. He's going to feet it. He's going to put his feet all over America. I'm going to stamp out the, the, he, the rebels. He's a cam girl. He gotcha. does feet stuff. Gotcha. I am also into foot stuff. <laughs> and butt stuff. Foot in butt stuff. Foot, you can push your entire foot into my bottom. I won't even care. Five ninety nine a minute. Yes. Great. Um. Anyway. Ringy ding dingy. <laughs> um, anyway. So they abandoned the house. So then the house is left empty. And then for... Uh, I'm going to say five glorious weeks. Oh, great. From September 14th until October 20th, it be- in 1776, it was George Washington's headquarters Ooh, during the Revolutionary fuck War. Yeah. This house has held on so strongly to the fact that they were George Washington's headquarters for during the Revolutionary for War. Five weeks. It's five fucking weeks. <laughs> Calm your tits. No. George Washington. Father but of our about nation like, lived here. Like literally in front of the Jumel Mansion, because it's obviously still there now. And in front of it, there's a plaque. And it's like the Jumel Mansion, originally built, 1765. The- George Washington's headquarters during the Revolutionary War. I'm like, five weeks! Calm down! Well, how many weeks was your house the the Revolutionary None. War general? Yeah, but see, so they can you can't even say My one week. My family wasn't around back then. Oh, mine was. That's a, that's was. A, that smells like She's a She's a D-A-R. I am a D-A-G. Hey, hey the D-A-R comes into the story. Oh, good. Um, So war. D-A-G. Got so war journey. happened. George Washington used it as his headquarters for a little bit. Um, uh, then they lost. I think it's like, I would have to refresh myself on Revolutionary War individual battles, which I did not do before Ooh, this podcast. Fail. But they lost one of the, I think it was like the Battle of Brooklyn. They lost something. So then they lost the ground where... Uh, where that house was and he took that house because it's on a fucking hill yeah. so it was a great vantage point yeah, to look out and like shit. survey the battlefield yeah, that's why that. they fucking yeah, took cannon. it cannon they make all these stories about like oh he took it because Mrs. Morris was like a woman that George Washington had wanted to marry but he wasn't rich enough and that's why she married this rich British dude no he took it because it was fucking on a hill and yeah, you could see the rest of the battlefield yeah calm don't, down don't make this a don't fucking don't push your fucking love story on me yeah. bullshit we're not even at the part I'm mad about yet, guys. It's for oh. the movie uh, when that comes out. Shush you. Because it's like, it's like George Washington. This is not going to be yeah. some and sort of dick. bullshit Nicholas dick Sparks movie, okay? Yeah, Bob. Just just going down on her with his wooden teeth. Stop. <laughs> um, so that so it was his for mm, five weeks. And then, he, and then he fucking left. And then it was used for a long time as a, as a headquarters for some British like captain guy. And then after he left, the Hessians came in and used it as a... Cause it Fuck was, the Germans! Yeah, because it was a good vantage point because it was on a fucking hill. So it was it was out of American control for a much longer in the Revolutionary War than it no, was. It was they're George fucking Washington. holding on to George that shit. George Washington was here. Yeah. Very important. This, Don't ever forget it. Yes, pretty much. Number Two, one. A number one, George Washington. I have not been to the Jumel Mansion in years, but the last time that I went, no joke, it one of the rooms is like, here's his like war room during the Revolutionary War. Here's the desk he used. Here's the bed he slept in. And I'm sure all of that is actually true, but I'm like, five weeks. He's <laughs> here five fucking weeks. Um, bullshittery. Um, so spoiler alert. The British lost the war. Yeah, America we're America. Won. Yay. Way to go. Way to go. 
Yeah, um, America. Because it was owned by a British dude, it was confiscated after the war. Became um, part of America. Because the Morrises were loyalists to the crown. And so then it was sold as part of a way for America to pay off all the war debts from, hmm. you know, shit that was expensive. It sure. was expensive to war. They did it to a bunch of British things. This was just one of them. It was also, it's huge. It's like almost 400 acres. Oh, wow. Um, it's basically like all of Harlem and up into the Bronx. It goes from like the Hudson to the ocean. It's very oh, big. It's very big. Um, That's what she said. So then after it was sold, for a while it was turned into just a normal farmhouse because as it is, it's 137 acres. Um, And while it was built as like to be a summer home for this fancy family, it was also a working farm. Mm. Like they had fruit trees, they had crops, they had cows, they had sheep. Like it was a farm. Because it has all this fucking land. So it was a farmland for a long time and then eventually they turned the house, they kept the farmland, farmland and then they turned the house into a tavern. Did it have a tractor? Probably not. I'm gonna guess no. Why do you care about the truth? But they had a donkey named Millie who was sassy. That's almost as good. Okay, there we go. 100% made up. My God, you two. (laughs) So then. Do they have a tract? What is wrong with you? I'm an idiot. So then in uh, 1790. President George Washington. That's right. Yeah. Um, Freedom. Yep. Fairly quickly after he was elected, he needed to hold his first cabinet meeting and he chose to have it at the Morris Mansion. And that's why it was named Um, a cabinet because they had to actually sit in cabinets. They didn't have enough chairs. Uh, You know, funny story. They, so we had all the cabinet members and their families there to have this first meeting and they had a big dinner to like celebrate the first cabinet meeting. The dining room was not big enough. So they had to have it outside. Yeah. So oh. they literally had too many people there. Mm-hmm. They didn't put them in cabinets, but they did put them outside. They probably had to sit near cabinets, though. Uh, that's my guess. Uh, there were definitely cabinets involved. Yeah. Um. So ha- Washington held his first cabinet meeting there, which is, again, why they, like, hold on to this, like, fucking George Washington's George. house. Yeah. No, it's not. No. Calm down. Um. So then it, like, it bounced around different ownership. It was actually empty and abandoned for a while. And then in 1810, it was purchased by a married couple named Stephen and Eliza Jumel. Okay. And here's where my anger starts to build. Here we go. So, Eliza was mistreated. Uh, so, yeah. So, Stephen uh, Jumel was a rich French merchant. Oui. His family was originally from Haiti, uh, but they were like French Haitian. Ah. So, they immigrated over to France. Um, they made a bunch of money as merchants, marketers, trading yeah. things, selling things. Because mm-hmm. she has wares if you have coins. Point. Selling pet rocks. Yep. Probably. Were very popular in the 1790s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this so, is a heavily researched show. Yeah. Yes. So he's like a rich French merchant, and he buys this house to live in with his new bride, Eliza Jumel. Um, and Eliza Jumel was born like Eliza something else. I don't. Doolittle. Eliza yep. Doolittle. Eliza Dushku. Yes, she's Eliza Dushku. <laughs> uh, she's Faith from Buffy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she was born incredibly poor. She was born in Rhode Island. She was born on April second. 1775 and she was very fond of saying uh that she was smart enough not to be born an april fool and that's why she waited till april 2nd to be born wow that's a good line right clever lady yep very very humorous um so many reports will tell you that she was a prostitute i could find absolutely no proof that she was ever a prostitute other than websites saying well she was a prostitute no. That's a weird thing to just throw out there we're gonna get to it oh there's a lot men are awful Um, you and so she bad. was bad. Get out of my house. She was born. So she was born incredibly poor. Her mother 
her mother probably was a prostitute was like probably working as a prostitute to gotcha. make some money her father died when she was very young and then her mother had to raise three children on her own Ooh. um so that did happen like her mother was at one point put in jail for being for living in a quote house of bad fame oh yep house that's of a, bad that's fame that's a whorehouse yeah it was probably oh, a brothel okay. it was probably a brothel so she was so the so the girl so then her daughters were put into workhouses oh because there God. were no orphanages no. so the girls were put into workhouses uh the mom would like get out of prison eventually the mom remarried to like a seemingly nice guy and they moved to north carolina and then they died of yellow fever oh but like nice. she made tough decisions in a tough time she was trying yes. to support her family so then eliza was raised in and out of these work homes um, because again, yeah. no orphanages for poor girls. No. Um, and then eventually she gets hired on as an indentured servant for a sea captain. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, badass. Okay. I'm a boat captain. I'm a boat captain. I'm a boat captain. Um, oh, yeah, so my. she worked for a boat captain. And you're in my indentured servant. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, and so then when when her so her father died when she was very young then when her mother and her stepfather died as well because uh, she decided i'm going to move back to new york she changed her last name to brown okay um, okay and so she's kind of like reinventing herself she's yeah, like it's fine good for you i don't uh, she worked a little bit as like a domestic servant because she had experience as an indentured yeah servant. she's like i know how to serve so it's a step up no and money. she was very pretty and she was very well spoken and, and then she got work as an actor and she was working as like a background actor in a bunch of these stage productions mm-hmm. oh. Um, Typically where she had to play a swarthy sailor. Um, so, so because of it, she's already, she's risen in the ranks so much from where she yeah. was born into. She's already up to like a, a higher low class that she's and now she working as an actor. She was a turd farmer and now she's an actor. Yeah, now she's yeah. an actor. And because she's an actor, it sort of put her in a situation where she could meet a man like Stephen Jumel, yeah. who is a rich French merchant. Mm. He meets her. She's beautiful. She's well-spoken. He falls in love with her and they get married. There is this terrible story that she was his mistress not possible he was not married before her so don't know why that's a fucking mistress just if they were fucking before they were married um and there's this terrible story that she pretended to be dying and called him to her deathbed and she was like oh my last dying wish is that you would marry me and i would get to die as your wife and he was like of course anything it's your last dying wish and she got the ring on and she was like gotcha and then she was like totally fine and not well she was a talented actress but that's there's absolutely there's no, no proof why? to that, and they were dating for a long time, so it doesn't it doesn't why, make so any why sense would she, why he hmm. wouldn't just marry her if he loved her. Um, so I'm gonna call bullshit on that whole <laughs> fucking story. Yeah, fuck you, people. Um, so she marries Stephen, and she rises quite a bit more in the yeah. fucking ranks. Um, Girl's got money now. She's yes. socially mobile. Yes, and um, she's her sister. Who so one of her sisters who grew up in the same shitty situation as her um, had also changed her last name to Brown when they Smart. came back to New York, but her sister had gotten knocked up out of wedlock, oh. and so she had this illegitimate daughter. Oops. And so her sister said, "Eliza, you're now married to a rich man. You've stepped up even more in class. Will you take my daughter, adopt her, and give her a better life than I ever could?" Oh. And Eliza and Stephen did, oh, and wow. they adopted this daughter and they took her in and they treated her as if they were their own. They everyone called her Miss Jumel. Oh, that's very sweet. And of it was them. basically like she was just trying to. It's just women helping yep. women trying yes. to be better because life is garbage if you're yes. a poor woman. Yes. Yeah. Um. So you see why I like Eliza. She seems like a She's nice a lady. Perfectly mm-hmm. fine lady. Um 
So they buy this house in 1810. They super revamp it. They like expand it a bunch. They make it all modern. They turn it into like, it's called like the Federalist style or something, but they basically make it like a hip and trendy house. Okay. Um, because Eliza just wants to be accepted by this upper crust that she There's is a super, roastery in the she's basement. super not fitting into. No. Um, she even like adopts a new religion. She becomes like, I forget what religion Zoroastrianism. it is. Zoroastrianism. Yeah, yes. Zoroastrianism. Yep, yep. She's a Rosicrucian. She adopts this new religion and it's not her husband's religion. Her husband is Catholic, but she adopts this new religion because it was very popular with like politicians and the very upper crusty people of New York. She's just trying to be accepted by these richy riches because she grew up so So fucking poor poor, and they still treat her like she doesn't belong. I hear they're fire worshippers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So they revamp this house and one of the things that they do is they add this huge, beautiful fucking porch, the Jumel Mansion as you now see it, which is why it's known as the Morris Jumel Mansion because while Morris originally built it, Jumel built it into the mansion that it is today. And they built this giant weird octagon parlor, an eight-sided parlor. And it was the first eight-sided room in the entirety of the United States. So like the octagon house, which we've done before, based off this fucking parlor. Yay, good job. Tie into other Yeah, but the octagon house is all screwy. It's barely an octagon. Yes, Yes. this is actually an octagon. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, So, and funny little sidebar, Eliza... Is, is very smart for, in a way that she does not get any credit for. But so she hears these stories that the Jumel mansion, that the Morris mansion at the time, because it's been a bunch of different fucking shit. Right. It's been also abandoned for like 10 years at this right. point. So she hears these stories that the reason that the tavern closed down is because there's the ghost of a Hessian soldier oh. who's haunting this house. Mm. And she's like, you want to sell me this fucking haunted house? You better take $2,000 off a listing price. Yes. And they're yes. like, okay. And, and nice. uh, in olden times, $2,000 is like a billion dollars. It's a billion dollars. Two billion dollar house down to one billion. Yeah. Yes. So she literally got money taken off because the house was supposed to be haunted Bad before they ever bought it. That Bad introduced the needing to find out whether or not somebody died of the house. Yep. And getting money off. Dyinghouse.com. Um, so then from so they bought the house in 1810 they like worked on making it super fancy built an octagon parlor it's lovely there's a Hessian ghost hanging around he's the cool. Germans paid it's for fine. it the yep. Germans paid for it um, from 18 we will build the octagon <laughs> and we will take back our ghosts it's fine um, from 1815 to 1816 um, the Jumels went to Paris because Stephen's family is originally from had immigrated to France from Haiti Where? um, um so she went to Paris. She learned French. She became completely fluent in French. She took her little adoptive daughter with her. Aww. They got so into the like French stratosphere of like social uh, like circles that she started to be friends with the Bonapartes. Whoa! Which, no at this, shit. which at this point had been ousted. So like Napoleon has been ousted as leader, but they're still there and they're still very fucking like yeah. famous yeah. and popular and super fucking high. Still up. jamming their hands into their coats like yeah. weirdos. She yeah. like apparently was friends with Josephine, Napoleon's wife. Wow. Um, um, she there is a house there is a house there is a bed what in religion did she convert to to be friends with them the bonapartian jorhasians i love it um so the <laughs> sorry it's a critical role uh, joke. That's, i was like that's a jorhasian <laughs> empire yeah. joke I was, I, i'm yeah. here for it um so they, they follow the bright queen um so <laughs> they 
when she was there, she bought a bunch of like old furniture because the Bonapartes were remodeling their house. So there's a bed in the Jumel mansion that was supposed to be Napoleon and Josephine's bed. Wow. And it has like swans on it because swans mate for life because oh. Napoleon loved her endlessly. And it has uh, like palm trees and a pyramid on it because remember Napoleon invaded Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> remember oh, that? Yes, he did. <laughs> Um, some people say like that's not true they like bought this at auction they never knew the Bonapartes sure. but like there are letters between them so they oh, do wow. seem to have actually been friends maybe not yeah. close friends but they did know, know them each other. that's how high up they got in the French like, like social stratus wow uh, whereas in America everyone's like fucking spitting at her and calling her a prostitute good job not great um, so then, uh, you know, the Bonaparte. Do, do you think that's where these stories came from? We're going to get to that. Okay. Uh, so then, uh, things uh, take a turn in, in, in France. In France. Yep. Uh, France has its own revolutionary uh, troubles. Problems. Uh, them being such outward supporters of the Bonapartes don't really bode well for them. Nope, mm. they should leave. So then Eliza fucks off and comes back to America Smart. and leaves Stephen there. Did Ooh, anybody get any cake while they were there? Or what? Did anybody get any cake while they were there? Or is it Definitely cake. Okay. They ate all the cake. Okay. Um, Stephen stayed because that's where his business was. He's a French merchant. Mm-hmm. Um, so he stays there to run his business and she comes home to America where it's fucking safe. Yeah. However... Uh-oh. He's a French merchant. This is an upper class merchant. Uh, you know what's not doing well in a revolutionary, like war torn society? Mer- merchants. So he starts to lose all of his fucking money. Oh, but they no. had a little bit of reserves left in America. And Eliza takes these reserves and she starts learning about real estate and she makes really smart investments and she starts buying low, selling high. She's buying places. Oh. She's renting them out, both land and like she becomes a landlord. And she starts to turn this tiny little nest egg that Stephen left her in america uh-huh. and like replaces the fortune that he's losing in france and the whole time they're sending letters back and forth to each other that are very sweet lovely letters they definitely loved each other all these people who were like he didn't really love her when he married her they definitely did they were Aww. in love sure because um, they're both like please come back and live with me because he's like come back and live with me in paris like yeah. all my family is here and she's like you're losing all our fucking money in Paris. I'm making us all this money in America. Yeah. Come back to America. It's safer and all of our money is here. Yeah. yeah. And they missed each other. Oh, They loved each other. Um, so money. she takes his little nest egg. She turns it into this huge fortune. So much so that she's like one of the richest women in Manhattan. Yeah. And then she still can't get a drink at the coffee shop. She can't. They what fucking, the fuck? They're fucking still treating her like she's a second class citizen because she grew up poor. Ugh. She was born into a different social structure. Fucking um, Americans. So her at the at her you peak. May have, you may have made incredible investments in real estate, but you're still a turd farmer yeah, You're still, you're still from Rhode Island. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, tiny state <laughs> it is. It's barely a state. It's too small to be a state. Um, they say that at her peak, her worth was probably around modern day equivalency around fifty million dollars. Dude, she's a rich woman, and most of this is her making this money on her own. That a girl. Yeah. Her husband's losing all this fucking money. Yeah. In well, land's um, the one thing they're not making up more of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so she also, when she was over there in uh, in Europe for the year, she uh, like got really into art and antiques and she started buying a bunch of these investment pieces. And then when she came back to America, she brought Sold. them with her and she put them into the house. She did sell some of them, but she also had the largest collection of European art in America. Oh, wow. Like wow. she was like, she was she had an eye for art and an eye for like what was going to like maintain nice. its value over time. She was a very smart woman and people treated her like garbage oh. wow. because she grew up poor. poor. Um, ah! So then 
her husband eventually comes back to America. Smart man. Because, he's like, Jesus Christ, where all this money come from? It's incredible. Because shit's just going totally south in fucking France. Yeah. And she's making all this fucking money. So then he comes back being like, you're a woman. You got to manage that money yourself. I've got it. Pardon me. He should be French. You yep. say that in French. Uh, I just know you. Thank you for the money, but I will take care of it. I am a I've man. You are a woman and yeah. I am much smarter and much more capable. And you have boobs. Yes, <laughs> they. You would normally because you know normally when you are developing the men they get brains, mm. but then the boobs, the boobs take up all the brain the power boobs. and you become stupid. That's Definitely. how it, I mean, it is. Science. It's very. I am very dumb. Yeah, you are very dumb. <laughs> Super dumb. I was not trying to make a baby because of the people at the table. I'm just uh, saying. But, uh, it's but, uh, fun. but uh, the podcast mom is very smart. Well, boobs. Uh, fancy I, I like them. They are fun. Uh, fucking doom. Just, <laughs> so doom. Doom. You are so doom. <laughs> Have no plans. Um, so her husband comes back, and a couple years after her husband comes back to America, he dies. Oh, buddy. Now he dies of pneumonia. Oh. That's what all these records say. He was very sick. sick. He was sick for a long time. He was at they were at the mansion. Cough, cough, die. Cough, cough, die, die. Um, she was taking care of him while he was sick there. Um later there will be a story that comes about where he was getting out of a carriage tripped and fell onto a pitchfork what and got all these crazy wounds then a doctor came dressed the wounds and then she sent the doctor away and said don't worry about it i got him i'll take care of him and then the doctor came back the next day all of his all of his bandages had been removed he had bled out and he was dead that's and not pneumonia and so they said like oh she killed him she let him die from these pitchfork wounds he died of pneumonia. That's not pneumonia. Who, who, who wrote the other stories? We're going to get to that. Okay. Um, so this happens in 1832. So so now she's single. Um, there Ready are, to mingle. There are rumors swirling that she kind of let him die because he had outlived his usefulness to her. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why that is true. They seem to genuinely love each other. He yeah. came back from France to be with yes. her. Yes. Um, so he came back all old with wrinkly balls. He's probably gross. He was old, but so was she. She was older at that yeah. point. They had been married for years. And he started making fun of her boobs for not having any brains in them. And yeah, <sighs> I mean, they've been married over thirty years at that point. Sure. Yeah, you know what? She doesn't love him at that <laughs> point. <laughs> at that point, you don't love me. You don't want. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't love, love me. <laughs> um. So fourteen months after he dies, she marries disgraced former vice president Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr. Oh. Which is really? why which is why if you've heard of this story before in our podcast, it's because we have touched on the Jumel Mansion yeah. when we have talked about Aaron Burr in the past. Yes. Aaron Burr was disgraced. He was poor as shit. He was crazy fucking in debt. He needed somebody. He's part of the upper class. He's part of this political class that she really wants to get into. Mm-hmm. And she has sick sick well yeah she's got so sick he's well so and he is he goes after her horde because well, he's just like i need mexico. you to marry me yeah i need to be the king of mexico yeah. my daughter theodosia she's got a boat to catch yeah she's- <laughs> um, but so so they get married he's going to get the money to pay off of his debts and she's going to get a better last name and hopefully be able to finally rise in station like she's been trying to do oh, her entire honey, life no they're married for four months before he almost completely bankrupts her oh my god because he pays off all of his debts and then he starts making investments that are dog shit oh, Aaron. and so she's like no 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 out with you so she kicks him out of the mansion good 
she starts divorce proceedings which take a couple years to yeah. you know go through the divorce is actually goes through and is final on the day that Aaron Burr dies nice good um, so there's this story that like oh she married him and then she killed him like no, no dude he was old and poor and she paid a bunch of his fucking debts off she put most of her like money into wow. that wow so then after he dies she takes that little bit that she had left she fucking builds up her empire good again for you she puts that money back she to rebuild work her, uh, she rebuilt an empire twice yes when men have fucked her over because she's good at it because she's smart yeah she's a smart business no, woman sh- whatever she was poor yes fuck off Vanessa um, she was hooking her way to the top that's yep. clearly what was going clearly using, yeah. using her stupid boobs and her old her flappy stupid, vagina stupid bubs stupid stupid bubs stupid bubs so she works really hard she gets all of her money back she eventually owns multiple properties so she's splitting her time between the mansion and a couple other right. locations one of which is in upstate New York where she meets a lovely woman named Anne and Northup. Do they start a lesbian affair? No, it's Damn. kind of better than that, though. Oh, so Anne Northup is in trouble. Her husband is gone. Is Her it? husband is not in the picture. Gotcha. And she has three children to raise, and it really like tugs at Eliza's heartstrings. So yeah. she's like, "Come back with me to the Jumel Mansion. You can work in the mansion with me. We'll put the kids to work in the mansion. We'll in, fight occasionally. We'll we'll teach them jobs so that they learn a trade, okay. so that they're able to go out and like get work for themselves." Um. Anne Northup, if this name sounds familiar to you, she is a black woman. She is married to Solomon Northup, whose life story is chronicled in the movie 12 Years a Slave. Oh, boy. She took this woman in when her husband was kidnapped and illegally sold into slavery in the South. She took this woman and her three children in and, like, she employed them she gave them jobs but she gave them jobs where the children learned to trade and were then able to fend for themselves yes. she took this woman in when this woman was incapable of caring for herself and her children wow but she's a garbage person definitely right she's a great person yeah, she's really amazing wow um i don't see any other people helping out no, any black it's a great it's a great little thing that she was just like oh, i'm gonna help these people out for years her and her family lived at the house wow um and she cooked in the kitchen in the jumel mansion oh. um so as she starts to get older in her years she starts to like the stories of her light start to be a little bit more like elaborated and fabricated she starts to i think she's just really fucking feeling her vibe and she's just like that's right i was fucking awesome i did all this fucking awesome shit (laughs) and it starts to sound like maybe a little bit overblown if she was a man i think they would have just been like she's confident she's She's a captain of industry pulls herself up by her bootstraps yeah because she's a woman they're like "Mm, she's Mm. making up lies about herself and then she somebody's got a pretty big ego it seems Mm. and then as she starts to really get up in her ears she starts to have a little bit of dementia so Uh. then the stories start to get even more crazy Crazy, and far-fetched um she claims to have been a samurai it doesn't make a it ton doesn't of make sense. any sense she's so then she saint. yeah so then she eventually dies in the jumel mansion she's a samurai of real estate at 90 no wow. shit 90 fucking years old she was old um she lived did in she that, ever learn karate though she no yes but she did live in that house for 55 years where she could have learned yet karate. let's talk about how george washington was there for fucking five weeks five weeks, weeks. she lived in this house for 55 well, how many years. times was she a general she, never, she, ne- she was in there 50 years never learned fucking karate every goddamn day she was a general of that Not, house but never learned karate that we know of that, she learned french karate let chop let chop let chop french karate french karate <laughs> Suck it, Bob. Just stop. Let's stop. I quit. It's a depressing karate. I, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop. <laughs> 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 
Okay, I have to get through the rest of my story. Okay, so then she, she dies at the age of 90. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, because she doesn't have any actual natural heirs. She never had any of her own children. It starts this huge fucking thing. It's 17 years. Her estate wow. is thrown into like discourse of them trying to figure out who owns what. And that's when all these stories start coming out. That's like, oh, when she was a child in Rhode Island, she was a child prostitute and she had a bunch of illegitimate children. Mm. And one of them is me and I'm now heir to this estate and oh. I want it. So then they start to like, like so they're fighting over it and it's all these stories that were just made to discredit her based on the fact that she went a little cuckoo banana pants at the end she yeah. definitely had dementia she was 90 yeah yes. she definitely had dementia In so her stories her story all started the pipes to, were probably made of lead she's licking oh yeah definitely yeah. man um so she started to go a little crazy and then all these people came out of the woodwork and then it took it literally took them 17 years to fucking suss this shit oh out my God. and in those 17 years her like whatever was left of her story was just completely was swept under a rug and she was made into this crazy villain who uh. murdered her husband and was a prostitute and like did all these terrible but fucking things awesome. but but it was they were just trying to discredit her because they were all trying to like make a claim make on the house money. yeah you get, get it all of her real estate and all of her paintings and yeah. shit too which is bullshit yeah. she was a wonderful person it yeah. seemed like um, so then, so the house jumped around to a bunch of different owners over the years. Shut the up. land around it was sold off. That was part of what she was doing when she was like managing because she had almost no money. So she started selling off parts of these gotcha. almost like, what is it? 375 yeah. acres and like developing them into basically old timey condos and wow. renting them out. Wow. It's part of how she was able to grow this wealth. So yeah. she'd sold off huge chunks of it. So it became a much smaller estate by right. the time she died. But there was still the house itself. And so it bounced around over the years. And then in 1903, New York City bought the house with the help of the DAR. Okay. Um, because And they bought it because... George Washington had his headquarters had his mm-hmm. five weeks War. five great weeks five um, best five weeks of the, the war best week so of the they war. so they bought the house and then the DAR tur- turned it into a museum for George Washington where they made the whole fucking thing about George Washington uh, and there's not a five weeks and there's five not a incredible weeks about Eliza five Jumel karate filled weeks and all the amazing things that she did um, it was declared a National Historic Landmark in 1961. It's it's now a museum about old-timey New York, which includes a Washington room, but does also include information about Eliza. It better. Um, it's still fucking there. It's just up there. You can go visit it. It's amazing. It's in this weird little pocket of New York where they took a bunch of those old townhouses that she sold off in the 1800s and have completely refurbed them back to the way that they used to look. So it's a little bit like you walk into this weird pocket, you go into a park, and then you're in the 1800s. Oh, weird. It's so weird. That's cool. And it's it's uh, way up in Manhattan, but you're in fucking Manhattan. It's amazing. That's pretty sweet. Um, So because this is the oldest house in Manhattan, one of the oldest houses in America, as you can imagine. It allows you with ghosts. They are some ghost stories. So, uh, as we already established, there is some weird Hessian soldier ghosts who just hanging out. So, there is a actual story that while it was being used as a headquarters by the German troops or German like mercenaries yeah. during the Revolutionary War, there was a man who was walking from the first floor to the second floor. He tripped along the stairs fell on his own bayonet and died <laughs> this is an actual story this actually happened to a man oopsie doodle yes so apparently Oops, I seem to have had I tripped much, I tripped I had too much lager <laughs> Uh, so they will often uh, either hear the sound of the boots on the stairs or see boots climbing down the stairs oh. hear or someone hear trip yes. <laughs> uh, 
um, so much so that this soldier was like such a like actual part of what was happening in the house that while the Jumels were living there, Eliza and Stephen's adopted daughter, her niece, yes, niece. I guess. Uh, would never stay at the house alone. Like if her m- adopted mom and dad were at the house, she wouldn't stay at the house because she was like a fucking soldier. That ghost drunk that keeps falling down the stairs and stabbing himself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so it was such a well-known ghost. She wouldn't stay there by herself. There's also the ghost of a woman um, in the attic, which is actually like the third floor of the house. And it's apparently the ghost of that people will often see this woman like looking very sad and forlorn and like walking along the corridors of the third floor. Um, And then they found out while they were going through the like historic register that one of at some point while the Jumels owned the house, there was a maid who uh, fell in love with a man and he jilted her. And so she hung herself in the third floor of the house. And so they think that that's who that woman is. And so she's just looking there and she's looking sad. And the the tour guides to this day say that sometimes, not very often, but they're like every once in a while you'll get a kid, like a little kid, like under 10. Mm Mm-hmm who comes up to the third floor and won't go any further. And they just say, like, I don't want to go in there or she's in there. Or there's one video where this kid says, something bad happened down there. Oh, <laughs> no. So these little kids like are attuned to this, to, yeah. this, to this one specific lady ghost who did. So actually yeah. two people who legitimately died in died, this house yeah. and legitimately seem to still be there. Uh. But the most, f- there's also another ghost story. Napoleon Bonaparte. No, there's also another Dick. story where um, Hans Holder, I don't know if you guys Hans know. Hans Gruber. Hans Holder. He Gruber. was a, a spiritualist mm-hmm. and he was like a big, he was like a big timey guy. One of the first guys to really get into paranormal studies. But he held a seance there in 1965 and he made contact with a spirit who apparently identified himself as Stephen Jumel oh. and said to Hans in a way that no one else heard, my wife murdered me. Oh. And so then it starts to fucking keep going with this story when there's absolutely no proof to it he died of pneumonia Pneumonia he died slowly of pneumonia there's no pitchfork involved there's nothing but Hans was like trying to he was like a sensationalist right and by the way there's a ghost adventures about this location Baggins is all about this fucking story and this like woman murderer she's not a woman murderer Baggins is a piece of shit I call bullshit Yeah, He also in his story He's going to the Jumel mansion It's like the most haunted place In New York Then he gets a phone call About a haunted bar And he goes to investigate This haunted bar And he leaves uh, Nick Aaron. alone At the house with Billy And he goes off with Aaron It's season nine I think maybe Maybe Zach and, and uh, Nick Didn't want to be In the same house together uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing really good Happens in the episode But I was just like You're at the fucking Jumel mansion And you're like Noping out yeah. to do Some other fucking thing Fuck Bullshit Fuck you buddy um, also bullshit to this Hans Holder my wife murdered me not yeah, true nope. yeah it doesn't um, smell but the most right. famous ghost story is of our queen yes Eliza Jumel herself yes. sure who apparently is pissed yes queen one yes. that there's a bunch of fucking people in her there's goddamn house and that she's lies. not getting any fucking credit about yeah. it yeah so the most famous ghost story to come out of the Jumel Mansion comes from 1964. Great. Okay. Um, it's already a museum. A great it's been year. A museum since 1903. Be better um, if it were 1969. Nice. <laughs> no, no, sorry, 1964. We're five years off. Fine. Um, so a group of school children uh, have come to the house to go on a tour. Um, there's no one there to open up the house. The house is all locked. They're like, whatever, this is bullshit. The kids and the teacher. We're a school tour. We're just gonna walk in. You will no, it's locked. They can't get in. So the break students break the, the door down. So the students and the teacher are standing around outside, like having a conversation whatever just being kids waiting for the mansion someone to come and open up the mansion okay he's here from the top floor hey this old woman Ah! comes out onto the second floor balcony and yells down at them here it is my husband is very ill 
keep quiet or leave. Oh. <laughs> and then she goes back inside yeah. and they're like, oh, oh, sorry. So then they quiet down. And then a couple minutes later, this like woman shows up and she's like, I'm so sorry. The subway got stuck, whatever. I'm here to open up the mansion, take you guys on the tour. She opens up the house and they're like, yeah, that woman yelled at us. Like the teacher is like, that woman yelled at us. And she's like, the house is locked. There's no one in the house. Oh, and she's like, shit. that's so weird. There was a lady. They, definitely yelled. a lady came out and yelled at us. Everybody saw her. So yep. then they go on the tour or whatever. And then they come across one picture of, of Eliza her. Jumal in the mansion. Like, and everyone her. in the group is like, that's the woman who came out <laughs> yeah. on the balcony and yelled at us. And they're like, holy shit, that's Eliza Jumel. Her her husband's dying, dying of pneumonia. pneumonia. Keep quiet or leave. And she fucking, she fucking get off my lawn. No, she shushed them. Yes. yes. Hey, so, suck it off. So then this, this like tour guide is just like, oh my God, the ghost of Eliza Jumel is here because it's well known that it's a haunted location. Yeah. They just didn't know Eliza was there. So they're like, this is amazing. We have to talk to her. So this tour guide or docent or whatever brings in a bunch of her friends. They do a seance. They try and contact the ghost of Eliza. Eliza she says, says they did, but they quote had to cut the session short because of her use of foul language. Yeah! <laughs> fuck you! Because she's <laughs> my fucking property. Yeah, you fucking pricks. She's a fucking queen. Oh. She does not get enough credit. So I went into the story thinking, oh, there's this crazy evil woman no. who murdered her husband and no. stole all this money. She's no, a, no, she was an amazing person who now just wants the kids to yes. shut up and get off her lawn. I love it. I love her. It's also a She's beautiful old mansion in New York. You should go visit it. I love it. her. That is the Morris Jumel Mansion, which brings me to my beer. Thank you for sticking with me and my angry feminist rant. Uh-huh. Um, so the beer that I chose is Heller High Watermelon from yum, 21st yum. Amendment Brewery. It's a, a wheat beer that's infused with watermelons. I picked it because... I couldn't find any New York brewed beers. Yeah. Also, 21st Amendment, they helped create the nation there. So it like harkens back to the Constitution. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it has a Statue of Liberty on it. Absolutely, yep. it does. So, yay. And she's also a feminist. Yeah. yeah. She is. Um, it's Hanging a, out there being all green. It's a seasonal release. It seems to come out every summer because yes. I buy it every summer. Yep. I love it. I think I, we've had it every summer for you and me for mm, years and years. Four or five years. It is delightful. It gets a little bit lip glossy, but yes. honestly, by the second or third one, you don't You're, taste yeah. it anymore. You don't taste it. Um, Even on the first one, I'm not really bo- bothered by it. It's such an easy drinking beer. Yeah. It has a nice watermelon flavor. 4.9%. Goes it's down real smooth. Crushable. 17 eboos. I'm it's into great. it. It's, Everybody it's wins. A great it's a summer great beer. summer beer. It's really, a good really beer. Great. I like it and you like it's it. It's wonderful to enjoy this beer while helping out yes. African-American families or building the largest collection of European art in America. In America. And being spit upon and called a prostitute. Eliza, yep. you're my favorite. Couldn't couldn't drink it while learning karate, though, could you? Oh, God nope. damn it. Didn't so bother. anyway. French uh, karate. <laughs> stay tuned. Le chop. <laughs> We're going to be back. Yeah, come back for more Le chop. Hey, everybody, it's your favorite friend, Engineer Bob. I know karate. Do you know karate? I can beat you up a bit. Hey, guess what? We got a Patreon. It's the best thing in the universe. We've got audio episodes. We got video episodes. I do drawings on every show, and you get to look at them for the low, low price of $1, $5, or $10. You figure out which one's worth whatever. I don't even know. Anyway, it's patreon.com slash booze and brews. It's the best thing on the internet that you can buy. Hey, you guys, you know what we would love for you to do if you can't join the Patreon is send us a nice review and a star rating on the iTunes. Help us move up the charts and get in front of new people and listen to the show. Five stars, great show. Five, you know, five stars, thumbs up. Helps us out. You'd be the best. We'd love you the five most. Stars. We pro- just five stars. Say it and do a nice thing. That's what you should do. We also have a bunch of social media websites where you can contact us and talk to us and say fun stuff. 
So we've got an Instagram at Booze and Bruce Podcast. We've got a uh, we've got a Facebook at Booze and Bruce. And we've got a Twitter at Booze and Bruce. And you can send us an email at Booze and Bruce Podcast at gmail.com. That's all I have to say now. Back to the show. Yahoo! Those was, ASMR mouth noises are unpleasant. Yeah, I was doing a fun dance and I was no, doing a no, I was no, doing no. a lip smacking noise and apparently it upset the talent. <laughs> Shut up, Bob. Shut up. Yeah, you were doing a. I'm not even going to do it because our listeners are probably in headphones and that's gross. Yeah, don't do it. Stop. Stop. No. Terrible. What I am enjoying is you're this upsetting beer. the talent. <laughs> yeah, the talent. No, I am enjoying this beer. Yeah, what's not upsetting is this beer. It is lovely, and it has a bit of a blueberry. It tastes like a blueberry muffin. I like it. It's not, it, but it doesn't taste like um, artificially blueberry. No. It's funny, we both had fruity beers. I like it. So welcome back to part two of uh, Haunted New York, whatever that part means to you. Du. Du. And what Haunted New York part du means to me is the New Amsterdam Theater and Le Ghost... Of Olive Thomas. Oh. Slow clap. Here we go. Olive, let's do it. Let's We're do it. We're into it. So the new, so fun fact for people who aren't familiar with American history, New Amsterdam was the original name of New York yeah. back when New York was a new Dutch colony. Oh, okay. Yes. So the Dutch <clears throat> originally owned Yeah, New back York. before the British decided it was theirs but, and then yes. Americans decided it was ours. It was ours. So there you have it. So they're like, this is ours. And then they're like, no, this is ours. And like, I don't know. It's ours. My fire. Yeah. And, and all the indigenous peoples are like, I'm so sorry, guys. We're still fucking here. Yeah. Like, this, this is, is our goddamn land. Yeah. So they're like, I'm you sorry. weren't even on this continent. Yeah. And they're, 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 like, they're, but they're like, they're, they're hippies are smoking their pipes. You can't even really own land, though, man. I mean, man, it's kind of like all of ours. If you own the land, the land owns you. Yeah. So no, I think the indigenous people are pretty much like, no. This is ours. Leave. Go Yeah. On. I mean, you can't own it, but. So anyway, yeah. man. Anyway. The New Amsterdam Sorry, Theater. Uh, you can't own a river. Mm-mm. The New Amsterdam Theater is located on West 42nd Street between 7th and 8th Avenues um, and is a Broadway theater built in 1902 to 1903. Broadway Very nice. theater! It's a Broadway theater. What's currently there? Uh, Aladdin. Oh. Um, and at the time of construction, it was the largest theater in New York uh, with a seating capacity of 1,702 people. That's a lot of theater goers. Back in the day, that yes. is that is smaller than my high school auditorium. <laughs> but I don't know Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah, I know yeah. it's. But anyway, but back in the day, that's a lot of people. There were less room. people, which reminds me of the subway ride back from City Field. Um, I was next to this lovely Southern gentleman. Um, who, going to Grand Station? Who you need Squire? Unironically said in the. Uh, what did he say? Nineteen ought eight or something like that. And I went. You used ought unironically, and That's I an love old you man. For he that. was yep. very sweet. He was a very sweet man, but not incorrectly. He, no, no, he did it right. He was talking to me about weather, and it was loud. And I was just like, uh-huh. in nineteen ought eight. But he said it was Aut. rain. He said ought eight, and I went. Mm-hmm. My Aut. knees are aching. There's gonna be a tornado. There's gonna be a tornado. So anyway, the theater opened on October 23rd, 1903, with a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, mm, lovely. Mm. Um, from 1913 to 1927, the theater was home to Siegfried's Follies. Oh, yay. Um, what happened to Roy's Follies? Zig- Siegfried, not Siegfried. Zig- I don't know Zig- what the difference Zig- is. Zig- Isn't it Siegfried? It is uh, Siegfried. No, no, no. I wrote Siegfried. 
Yeah. I don't know. Florence Siegfried Jr. Who cares? Florence. That is amazing. Why didn't you go by Florence Follies? That's so much better. I agree. I love an alliteration. Me too. Pizza hands. Ah, Jesus. Anyway, the Follies were the brainchild of Florence Siegfried Jr. And they were a series of elaborate theatrical review productions, which are something between a Broadway production and a high-class vaudeville variety show. So you have no idea what it is, but it's like half play, half vaudeville. Yeah. And there you have it. It was a folly. Yeah, it was a folly. Um, during the Follies heyday, a lot of top entertainers of the era, the Tiffany's hot, um, including W.C. Fields, Josephine Baker, Bob Hope, Will Rogers, um, Roy Bolger, and uh, appeared in the shows. Roy Bolger, the uh-huh. porn guy. No, <laughs> 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 no, you ass. No, the not the Tin Man. The, the Scarecrow. One. Scarecrow. Ray Bolger. That was, yes. Whitey Bolger? Ray Bolger. That's the one. <laughs> Sally Fields thought my brother-in-law looked a lot like Ray Bolger and wanted to eat him. They called him Ray the Bulge. Stop. On account of his awesome wiener. I was trying his to power give you, wean. Power trying to get, wean. Trying to give your brother a compliment, and then you turn it into a dick joke. That's how That's how this podcast works. Yeah. That, uh, it's like you've never heard our show before. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <clears throat> also appearing in these shows were the Siegfried girls, mm-hmm. um, chorus girls who performed as anything from um, birds to battleships. They were background entertainers, but they were very pretty chorus birds girls. Birds to battleships. <laughs> yeah, I've got to get said. my bird costume on and I'm super, I'm a battleship. And then the next day, I'm a battleship. Um, <laughs> um, it was the facial expressions that went with it, right? It, really it was a whole facial expression. I'm a battleship. <laughs> Among those girls was Olive Thomas. My name is Olive. And we're going to get to her in a bit. Okay, great. Put me in a martini. I'm salty. <laughs> From 1937 well, dirty olive. to 1985. Should be my new Tinder profile. A dirty Olive. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. So... From 37 to 85, the theater was oh, used. That's a long ass time. Yeah. It was used as a movie theater. Oh, moving pictures. Yes. You show Mortal Kombat the movie. Probably. <laughs> Please um, take us listen to, to last Mortal week's Kombat. Episode. Just take I just want to see Mortal Kombat. Um, 10 I don't years have later. Gun or anything. No. <laughs> uh, so 10 years later, so in 1995, the Walt Disney Company leased and renovated the theater, which is now home to the Disney theatrical productions on Broadway. Oh, so it's yeah. it's there. It's New York's version of the El Capitan. Yeah. Yes. Only yeah. for theater instead of for, for Broadway m- instead of for okay. see people yes. dressed up like from, from birds to gazelles mm-hmm. now because it's the Lion King on ice or whatever the shit. <laughs> well, it's Aladdin. Aladdin. It's Aladdin. You can see Iago or Zazu. There you go. <laughs> From Iago to Zazu. Back to Olive. <laughs> Genies to genocide. It's Genies to genocide. Jesus Christ. Oh, terrible. Gotta people. stay one jump, man. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> You're bad people. Back to Olive. Yep. Uh, so Olive Thomas was born. Olive. Olive's a Middle Eastern food. It's true. Delicious. Um, see something, say something. Um, so Olive Thomas was born Olive Duffy on October twentieth, eighteen ninety four, in Chenaroy, Pennsylvania. Chenaroy, Chenaroy. She began her career as an illustrator's model. In I'm 19- an illustrator's model. In nineteen fourteen, winning the most beautiful girl in New York City. Contest. I'm the most beautiful girl in New York City. Draw pictures of my boobs. Yes, there are Here's pictures on Wikipedia of her uh, tits. 
Ooh, yes. nice. Yes. Nice. Uh, she looked Thumbs very. Up. She was very pretty. She had a ve- fetching. She had a well-proportioned body. Let's just say it that way. All right. Awesome she got boobs. boobs. Oh, then she's dumb because she has boobs. We've yep. established no, that, right? Yep. Were, I mean, they weren't great boobs. They were probably like a solid BC cup. But she All was right. just like a no- nicely, noisily proportioned. Noise. Her noise. boobs were noise. noise. She was a noisily proportioned lady and very, very pretty. Like, All right. Most beautiful girl. Yeah, she was very, right. very pretty. We'll see if we can post those. Instagram will probably have to lose the nips. Probably. We'll just see. Blur those Sensor out. bar and them toidles. We'll see. So in 1950- Yeah, they take down every time I post nips, they take them down. They're like, sure. no nipples. Stop reporting our nipples, guys. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong I mean, with People you? keep reporting all these, but these great boobs. Yeah. I keep just making Instagram stories of uh, nothing but my nipples. These are They le- keep taking them down. Stupid boobs. These are legit great New York boobs. New York. Hey, everybody. I'm Lyle. I'm Lyle. You have great New York boobs. So in 1915, mm-hmm. according to Siegfried, Olive walked right up to him and asked for a job as a chorus girl. Can I have a job as a chorus girl? So she had. I'm the most beautiful girl in New York. Look at my tits. <laughs> <laughs> I find them to be most pleasing. You may join the follies or to be a battleship with boobs. I would like to be a bird. My you tits c- are well proportioned. You can be a booble ship. I'll be a booble ship. She had a lot of moxie. Give me that. She had a lot of moxie? Yes. She did make her debut in 1915 and uh, was later cast in the more risque show held for rich male patrons upstairs. And she was one of Siegfried's mistresses. Oh. So they did. She did have nice boobs. She did have great New York boobs. All right. So she's she's working her way up the way that she can. Yes. She is using. In a way that society has made. This is the way that she can be successful. Girl, get yours. You can be successful in these main shows. Your boobs. You want to sell them? Sell them. Sell them upstairs. So she went upstairs to the more risque shows where there was more nudity and a lot of multi-millionaire patrons and she got her. Five dollars. Look at my butthole. (laughs) She got hers. Five dollars is a price I'd be willing to pay to look at that brown eye. So in Wink. (laughs) Wink it for me. In 1916. I'll throw it <laughs> Don't throw nickels at her butthole. That's a working girl. Put it nicely on the edge of the stage. Doink, doink. So in 1916. Throw nickels at her butthole. That's how you get hepatitis. went to Hollywood. Which is definitely where you get hepatitis. Absolutely. <laughs> that's very true. That's, that's where you can definitely wink your brown eye for money. Yes. She went to Hollywood and was in her first full-length feature film in 1917. Um, her star quickly rose and she starred in a number of films until her death in 1920. I'm a star. I'm going to be in pictures. Uh, she boobs. married... Me, act- brown hole. <laughs> so Olive married actor Jack... Me, brown hole. <laughs> She married actor Jack Pickford, uh-huh. uh, brother of Mary. Sure. <laughs> I was like, and became Mary Pickford. <laughs> well known for her brown hole. <laughs> Mary Pickford was her sister-in-law. Uh, in 1916, after a whirlwind romance, in fact, they announced their engagement months after they had actually secretly um, got eloped. married. Yeah. Wow. Got it. Okay. Um, so the marriage. Daddy was, will never approve. It was tumultuous. Um, but the makeups, uh, were always full of very lavish gifts. So oh, they would party. A lot of boys to men just playing in the background. So Mary and Jack. I'll make love to you. Mary and Jack liked to party. 
Uh, big time. Big time. Oh, yeah. Blow so the two of them really, really liked to get drunk. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so what they would do is they would get hammered and then they would fight and then they would make up. And they would touch brown holes. They would touch brown holes <laughs> and then he would throw lavish gifts upon her and be like, don't leave me. I love you. Don't, don't leave me. Here's a Pegasus. Very <laughs> up and down Pegasus. sort of relationship. Now that we've touched buttholes, you can't leave me. <laughs> so. Now the, the hepatitis. The Pickford family. Uh, didn't always approve of the relationship, feeling that Olive, coming from a musical theater background, was beneath uh, Jack, who was a film. Oh, my God. Oh. It's a whole episode about women trying to rise above their station. And uh, not being able to on account of their b-holes. Um, yes. I'm fucking about it. So, yes. So, and I just thought it was funny that, like, back in the early... 1900s that being a theater actor was so far beneath being a film actor where I feel like it's reversed nowadays well and back in the day uh, which was not the case with our fucking Queen Eliza but back in the day being an actor was sort of synonymous with being a prostitute yes and especially in Hollywood yeah so anyway it doesn't seem that uh, Olive never had the a reputation of being a prostitute. Well, yeah, because she fucking landed her a rich man. Yes, she who, she married a Pickford. Who would get mad yes. and then give her a Pegasus and touch her brown hole. And then touch her brown hole. With his brown hole. <laughs> this is, uh, I'm in for this marriage, guys. Yeah. Um, but the marriage, however, was uh, short-lived. So they were only married for four years and they tried to make the relationship work. Like I said, a lot of ups and downs and the majority- It was a whirlwind three-day romance. The majority of their marriage, they actually did not spend together. She was working in Hollywood. He was working in New York. So the amount of time that they actually spent together was very limited. Oh, gotcha. Um, so with their marriage I'll on the rocks. I'll send you a picture of my brown hole over the telegraph. So with their marriage on the rocks, the <laughs> two. Just get an asterisk. <laughs> the two decided to have just a. Just get an asterisk over the telegraph. The two decided. It's, it just is to have emoji. A, to have a second emoji. He touches his butt with the. I'm going to let you two finish. I'm All right. Sorry. No, we're back. I'm we're sorry. back, dear. I got excited about brown holes. <laughs> no, no. Keep talking. You good? Yeah, we're good. We're okay. waiting for you He's now. He's in New York. She's in LA. Anyway, so the two decide to have a second honeymoon. Okay. Uh, to rekindle their romance. Yes, girl. Get it. So the couple went to Paris. Yeah, where they touched so many brown holes. All of the brown holes. With baguettes. With, oh, damn it. Ah! <laughs> it was like DP baguette like, situation. Baguette butthole situation. Yeah. Give me that Nutella. Uh, you know what I love? Brie. Check <laughs> yeah. it up that asshole. Squishy cheese. Yes. Mm, so, we all need a cigarette now. <laughs> <laughs> so on September 5th, 1920, the couple went out partying, as they were known to do, and returned to their hotel at about three o'clock in the morning. I'm just now remembering this story from You Must Remember yes. This. Well, so uh, it's just now been like, boop. you're like, oh, wait, I know oh, this. No. I know what's about to happen. <clears throat> Not good things. So Jack either passed out or went outside of the bedroom, uh, or sorry, the bathroom that was in the, the hotel room. In any event, a drunken olive picked up a blue bottle that she thought was either drinking water or sleeping pills, took a swig of whatever was inside and then almost immediately thereafter she was she screamed oh my god jack rushed to her uh to discover that she had not in fact taken sleeping pills bless you 
sleeping pills or drinking water but she had in fact i like how she thought paris drinking water was blue yeah she thought it came in blue vials like fuck you it was just the way problem? you do it in so i'm paris. sure she thought it was like some sort of opioid well here's the she thing she was fucking ready My to get down it yeah. wasn't drinking water she thought it was sleeping pills so she was confused by the french on the bottle it was in blue so she was like obviously these she are was the like sleeping whatever pills. let's sleep I blue, want to but yeah, sleep. blue is with the color of sleep. Yeah. So she swigs it, goes, "Oh my god!" Jack rushes to her side to discover that she had ingested uh, mercury bichlorate liquid solution. <laughs> oh shit! Which you just keep hanging around. You Why keep was that, that line there? Jack had syphilis, ah! and that was prescribed to Jack. For his syphilis, so he it was it was dick dunking right. juice. It was it Wait. was he had open sores on his body because he had. That's syphilis what they used to do because used, he used to and they'd give you mercury. Just, yes. That's what they the when you had really bad syphilis, they would put you in like basically an iron lung, but it was your whole yep. fucking body, and they would put like they would steam mercury bichlorate on you because oh it would because it would get rid of the outbreak. Yep. But, but not slowly kill you and spoiler alert didn't get rid of the syphilis no <laughs> but yeah they used to do that yeah, mercury used to be mercury cure air yeah, quotes cure. syphilis so that for, was for, correct me if i'm wrong mercury is actually what they mercury is what mercury. they used to use uh is what made hatters crazy too yes. right yes. yeah so they're just steaming people in mercury? In yes, mercury. but they were not They were like, don't inhale it. It was like topical. Oh, don't it was, inhale it. Was it. A, no, it was a topical solution. So it, it was, was a liquid <laughs> solution. Being uh, yeah. Don't breathe the poison. Just don't rub it all over your body. Your body. Yes, because he Put it had, on your brown hole. Just, and he definitely had syphilis on his brown hole. He had outbreaks on his body, and it was prescribed to him because he had chronic <laughs> syphilis. Not just regular syphilis. Chronic, chronic syphilis. syphilis. Gotcha. So she, she had Henry VIII syphilis. No, no, no. She definitely had it. Babe, oh, we're gonna, she should have been fine. Babe, we're going to get to that. Oh, boy. So We're going to get to her syphilis. <laughs> so anyway. Well, that's why I showed up today. Uh, as Olive. So she ingested that and they were like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. You I drank your syphilis juice. Syphilis juice. juice. We need to fix this. So Jack, according to Jack's report, he, um, hold on. I, oh, I have Google his account. He, she brought, he rubbed uh, his dick all over her and thought it would make it better. I have Jack's account of it. So he calls for a doctor immediately. Uh-huh. I need a doctor. So Olive realizes what she's done. Uh-huh. Jack, I drank juice. Jack realizes what she has done. So they're like, you know what? We need a doctor definitely stat. you definitely yeah. need a drunker you don't drink mercury <laughs> no i would imagine no not. um did you guys ever play with mercury when you were a kid no, no. i like, fucking didn't like break a thermometer and then just like push it around no it's a weird like glob that no, like doesn't i never break did off. that yeah i did oh god no uh actually don't have the article but anyway so jack <coughs> Sorry. Don't die. Yeah, don't Fine. die. Talk about dude. yourself about syphilis. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I used to break open thermometers and then pour it out and then touch it like the blob. Oh, Jesus. That's what I used to do. It's fun. I'm sure, sure. it is. So anyway. Don't do it, kids. Uh, Jack called a doctor. The So Jack, before the doctor came, he tried to give her a ton of water to make her throw up. And then water the, makes you throw up. Sure. Yeah. And then the he doctor came and, choke her with his dick. and they were like, <laughs> you know what? We need to go to the hospital, but let's try to pump her stomach a bunch before we get her there. Yeah, let's okay. give her some fucking charcoal so or whatever. They pumped her stomach three times, but nevertheless, it is very poisonous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't swallow mercury, man. <laughs> and so the, she was taken to the American hospital in Paris. 
um, and basically was given a death sentence. The fact that she lived as long as she did is a small miracle, mm-hmm. but the, the fact is she was going to die. So as she lay dying in the American hospital, um, the press started reporting on various rumors that began to arise about the circumstances of the accident. So, <coughs> sorry. Okay. So she's dying of syphilis juice and the Pickfords are probably going to try and fucking cover it up. So because they can't yes. have good girl Mary Pickford knowing that she's associated with, with a syphilitic somebody. dick. Yes. So <laughs> some say that she Olive took the poison in a suicide attempt oh. after fighting about Pickford's various infidelities. Oh, got it. <laughs> Or he was the, touching on the brown holes. Or the fact that she uh, it was a suicide attempt because Jack gave her syphilis. Oh no! <laughs> because like, of all oh. of the syphilitic body that she, she had, was, it was like, full I of can't diseases. believe I've got syphilis. I know I'll cure myself from the inside out. Yeah, exactly. he's will either He's kill been me or taking this me. juice. I'm into it. I'm gonna drink all this I'm syphilis gonna, juice. Yes. Civil juice. I'm gonna or, drink all this blue toilet water civil <laughs> juice. My favorite was that it was because the two of them were so addicted to drugs that they were just like. We need to get our fix any way we can. Let's take this mercury bichlorate, and that's how we get it. Because apparently they were known for cocaine and booze parties. Like, the two of them loved to party. So they were thinking that it was an accident and that they were just trying to get high, and they didn't realize that mercury was poisonous. Wildly poisonous. Uh, Yes. Look, I'm not going to discount that as someone who was friends with many a drug addict in high school. Uh, and there was a thing in the 90s where people were injecting themselves with embalming fluid to get high. So people do dumb shit. I kind shit. of remember this. People do dumb shit. Oh, boy. When they think it'll get them high and they're like desperate for something new. <coughs> I, I'm going on the record. I've never injected myself with embalming fluid. All right, good. But I have seen people do it. It was a thing in the 90s. Yipes. All right. It didn't didn't go well. Um, but also it was a uh, also people thought it was a murder for insurance money plot. But oh, the Pickfords no. had Classic. a bunch of money. Classic. So there was he really insured that brown hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no reason for that. She had the most beautiful brown hole in New York. Yes. He had more money than she did. But anyway. It this doesn't was, mean he didn't take out a huge life insurance policy on her. On the, uh, just on the B hole. True. Um, but anyway, this was the first Hollywood official kind of Hollywood scandal that there ever oh. was, like Hollywood TMZ sort of uh, thing. Um, and it was a good one. But in the end, um, Olive's death was ruled accidental, mm-hmm. and she was returned to New York and buried in Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx. Aww. It does seem like it was an accident. It does yeah. seem like she thought it was something else, and she yes. drank it, and then she died. Oh, she had drink this juice. Drink fucking mercury. <laughs> I drank the blue juice. Everything's everything's gone shit shake. I drank this blue syphil juice. I thought it was blueberry syphil juice. (laughs) And it wasn't. No. It wasn't. Is that why this is blueberry beer? That's right. It's blueberry syphil juice. (laughs) I've had a lot of it. Do I have syphilis or am I going to go crazy? No, you're good now. You got the syphil juice. Oh, delicious. (laughs) So anyway. But even though Olive was dead and buried, uh, workers at the New Amsterdam Theater, where she got her start, uh, soon began telling their friends that they had run into her backstage. That's impossible, people would say. She's dead and that buried. That bitch dead. But they said, no, no, no. It's not. We've seen her. We've seen her backstage in a sash holding a blue bottle. Holding a blue holding bottle? Holding the blue, bo- blue bottle. The bottle that killed her! No! Yes. 
Uh, her ghost. So she's not even like reliving her best brown hole days. No. She's like <laughs> holding her fucking death she bottle. She went back and with her death bottle. The um, juice. So her ghost would make an occasional appearance uh, during the 1920s, um, but went quiet during the movie theater days. So okay. when it she was didn't a, give a fuck. Yeah. Exactly. You're this just showing movies. This isn't my scene. This ain't my scene. Oh my god, now shit. it's Aladdin. There's a blue genie. There's a blue man in there. Ah! She's trying to suck straight from the tap. There's so many brown people like holes and blue people like <laughs> juices. He's a, bra- he's a brown man. So, painted blue. Once <laughs> Disney. trying to rub her butt on him and drink his juice. Oh my god. <clears throat> but once Disney bought the joint and started remodeling. <laughs> Reports began picking up again. Mom is broken about dying in racism. Yes. I'm going to keep plowing through. Just plowing through that brown hole. That's what Mr. Pickford did. Yes. Uh, According (laughs) to the Playbill website, construction workers would report that their off-limits work area um, would be visited by a lady with a blue bottle. Oh no! So even she smells like an absinthe fairy. Like you know. Would you like some absinthe? (laughs) Um, I've got an apple. But yes, uh, reports are consistent in that people would report seeing a woman wearing a sash and carrying a blue bottle in the theater. So even on top of the workers, (coughs) now that everything is finished, people still report seeing the blue woman. And the ushers are like, "Miss, you can't bring in your own food beverages." Yes, exactly. And this later, is my civil juice. Uh, Night Watchman would also report six dollar bottle of water. You See, love a fucking Watchman, man. W- yes, you I do. love it. I love him. Three weeks in a row, I've worked in a Watchman. Um, would be uh, crossing the stage, and she would disappear through a solid wall. So no, a woman walk across the stage. That's a power of sailors. Um, It'll make it disappear through walls. You're the Kool Aid man of <laughs> But anyway. So, oh no! <laughs> it is also reported that um, she may have made another appearance, actually during a showing of Aladdin. Oh so no! That's what they're doing. Wait, now. she showed up at Aladdin? Perhaps yeah. two people she's in the a rubber brown eye and the brown man playing a part in the play. She's oh. trying to find a whole new world. <coughs> a whole, whole, a whole, whole new world. <laughs> a new fantastic point of view. Point of view. No, through her uh, brown, brown eye. eye. After <laughs> Aladdin opened in 2014. Um, an audience member went up to one of the uh, workers in the theater and said, hey, you know, my kid, is there a way to get a booster seat? So this was during the actual showing. Mm-hmm. So it was during the first act. They walked up to a theater worker and said, can we get a booster I seat I gotta get a child? booster. I gotta get a booster seat for my kid. And they said, you know what? We don't want to interrupt the show. We're gonna take care of this at intermission. So the woman, they go about their business they go back so at intermission the worker comes back with a booster seat only to find the child already sitting in a booster seat and they went oh what 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 happened and the woman was like oh no no no! another one of your workers um this lady in a dress she actually pointed me to where you keep your booster seat so i just picked one up from there and it was olive oh no oh, that's she's killer. helpful olive was i helpful. like that so she was like yo 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 I, know I got this you, is. boo. I got you, boo. Um, and then another uh, s- story involving Olive was actually uh, involved the workers at the theater. They were talking about the movie The Artist and how uh, it was set in silent film era and the whole movie was done silent film style. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they were talking about the number of 
uh, they, they were like, how many Follies girls actually became movie stars? So Olive came up and she they said she was one. But somebody said that the real star of the silent film era was actually Mary Pickford, who was Olive's sister-in-law. Oh, right. no. Um, and did not like Olive. No, did not did like not Olive. Like. So in the room where they were sitting, there was like a stack of DVDs, like 13, 14 high of just DVDs. So as soon as somebody was like, now Mary was the real Folly star. She was the real silent star. As they said this, the stack of DVDs went flying across the room as if somebody had smacked them. Yeah, like, it was like, fuck, shut the fuck, fuck, fuck up, up bitch. Yeah. It was May motherfucker. Mary sucked. Yes. Uh, the stack had been there a long time. There was no reason for it to have moved on its own. And it was like taken from the middle. So it was not like just yeah. one from the, the top. The whole thing didn't just tip thing over. Just oh. was like, whap. From the middle. Fuck y'all. So it was Mary... Uh, no, Olive being like, fuck yo, I was the star. Mate. It was me. Me. It was me. My brown hole. Serious. Anyway, and my blue the, uh, the vice president of uh, Disney theatrical productions, like the person in charge of the theater nowadays is so, he leans heavily oh, into the Olive story. Mm. In fact, when you walk in the theater, there are pictures of her everywhere. So it's like, if you see this, this is Olive Thomas. She's a ghost. She is here. She was a just, Follies girl. Yeah. Just know who she be is. Cool. So it's like usually she'll one help of the, you get a booster seat. Yeah, yeah. she's helpful. She's just ask her if, she, if you need Don't something. Don't be a dick. If you're a dick, she'll knock over your DVDs. That's right. <laughs> if you're not a dick, she'll house, give you a booster knock seat over all your DVD racks. That's right. She's cat ghost. She's a cat ghost. <laughs> um, so yeah, she is one of the first and last people that you see. They have her picture at the entrance of the theater. <laughs> So you know that's who she so is. cool that they're trying to like finally give her the credit that she is due. <laughs> exactly. That she never got to have because she died before she had a chance to have her career. She was 25 when yeah. she died. Let's Aww. just put it that way. So anyway, that is the story of the New Amsterdam Theater. Love it. On Broadway and the ghost of Olive Thomas. Aww, Beautiful. So which, good. Tell us yeah. about your beer. Which brings me to my beer, which is in bad taste, 100%. That's okay. Uh, it is a blueberry blonde ale. From Saranac Brewing Company. Saranac is in Utica, 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 Utica New York. Utica. 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 I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, it is a fourth generation family brewery. Uh, but anyway, I picked it because of the tie, the blue bottle, blueberry. blueberry. It's delicious. Yeah, she was a blonde. She was yep. a blonde. Pop. No, she was a brunette. She was a brunette. Um, she yeah. was a downstairs blonde. Yeah. She was a, with a brown hole. Yeah, I got her. You're in the brown hole. <laughs> blonde but I do brown like hole. that oh, the Jesus official, Christ. so it's Saranac, but it's part of the uh, Matt Brewing Company. The, <laughs> the FX Matt. Yeah, I don't get the lip gloss stuff with this. I mean, this just tastes <laughs> like very it's good super literally, good. It literally, it tastes like beer that has blueberry, blueberry juice. juice in it. And it says, crisp and refreshing, real blueberry juice sets this blonde apart. Just the right amount of flavor to leave you wanting more. It's five percent. It is crushable. It Eighteen Ebos. It's the very lower good. I get into that because I've drank most of this bottle. The lower I get into it, the more lip glossy it gets. Yeah. Oh really? Um, I'm still not mad at it. This is a delightful beer. This Between is this and the fucking beer. watermelon, it's like a fruit salad of delicious beer. I have now had salad for dinner. Yeah, yeah go to buy myself. You, yeah, and you got it. Hey, I this is the part of the show where your old pal Bob gets to pick a winner. Guess what I like? French karate. Guess what, else, guess what else I like? Blue syphil juice. Who doesn't? Dude, everybody loves that shit. I love stupid bubes. Stupid bubes. Stupid bubes. Stupid bubes. Uh, and, I, and I love, uh, you know, people are trying to rub their brown eye on a brown dude who's painted blue. Um, but Jesus I think... God, I, I, I think... <laughs> Jesus God. Uh, I, I think Vanessa cool. wins for, for telling us a story about a, a, a building that was inhabited by George Washington for five weeks. Ah! <laughs> 
not for the poor woman. Feminist Ray! <laughs> Hashtag George Washington. Hashtag George Washington rules. Christ, you guys. Thank you for Thank listening, you for listening to our show. <laughs> We're going to come back next week. Where you know what? Two of us will be here next week. Yeah. <laughs> Bob might be dead. But I anyway, need you. I hit the space where I'm by my goddamn self. There will be more booze and there will be more brews. And until then, cheers. cheers. Hi, Podcast Mom here. I really do hope you are enjoying the wonderful podcast that we are on called Pop Pop. What's it called? The Booze and Brews Podcast. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? That's question amazing. mark, question mark, question mark. You can get paid? That's impossible. Oh Nobody ever gets paid Look, for anything. You guys, that sounds insane. Not this is the, you know In this gig economy? I know it sounds insane. Oh my God, I just said that. But it's, this sounds but like something what? a crazy person would it's say. It's true. It isn't. Uh, we just discovered, and by just discovered, I mean we've known about it for a minute, but we are totally on board with this free new app called Podcoin, and it literally pays you. Literally. 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 And Perkins. Pays you. <laughs> to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. <laughs> Numero uno. You listen to the podcasts and you earn podcoin while whilst you whilst. listen. Whilst you listen. Then you turn that podcoin in for gift cards at wherever you want. You can use it on Now, now where, where does po- where does podcoin fall in the blockchain? Is this like Bitcoin? What am I getting into? No, shut up. Just, it's podcast and money. Okay, great. That's all it is. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Do you well, like, don't make it overly complicated. It's my money God. for listening to podcasts. That's right. I, I you can that. do whatever you want with it. You can donate it. You can buy coffee. You can buy weird scrubby porn gloves on Amazon. Whatever you want. Whatever you it's want. Buy you. scrubby porn gloves. But you know what? The more you listen, porn gloves. the more you earn. <laughs> so... So, so here's what you do if you really want to get those scrubby porn clubs. Right. You download mm-hmm. the app right now. Right, right now. now. Immediately. Uh, it's available on iPhone or Android. And then you just use our special code. Our special code, Booze Bruce. Booze Bruce. All one word, Booze Bruce. I'm Easy. doing the Irish accent hands right now. Hell yeah. Uh, and you'll get 300 pod coin just for signing up. 300 pod coin. What is it worth? I don't know. 300. 300. You're well on your way to those porno scrub gloves. Yes. And if you listen to enough of us on there, you can get free cappuccino. What? You can get an Amazon gift card what? for aforementioned porn gloves. That's right. So go ahead and listen to this podcast or virtually any other podcast on Podcoin and sign up using our code, Booze Bruce. That's all you got to do. I That's swear. It. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. Hell It'll change yeah. your freaking life. Yeah. Shit! Download it! Fuck yeah!